Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Conscious Couple Podcast with Bryce and Jenny. Just Bryce today. And I'm really excited to announce that we have some couples lined up for us to interview in the coming months. Really excited about that to start interviewing couples in business who are focused on conscious living and conscious partnership. So stay tuned for more info on that. We also have our live event happening May 3rd to 5th in Park City. You can visit our website, www.advancedrelationshipacademy.com, if you want more info. So that's it for announcements. I want to jump right into things today, and I want to talk about how to deal with anxiety without going to therapy. And first, I want to plant a flag so everyone knows that I think therapy is super helpful, I'm a huge supporter, and I'm not talking to people who need to go to therapy. So that is the 18% of the adult population in the United States who are not able to handle basic life requirements because of anxiety, or they're in active addiction, or they can't leave the house because of social anxiety, or they have some chronic anxiety-related illness, or they're suicidal. If you are experiencing something like this, then you should definitely seek therapy or look into treatment programs. I feel for you. I've been there. Lots of people go without getting help. You definitely need to get some help. And maybe something in this podcast will help give you some perspective on anxiety as a whole. But I wouldn't try this in and of itself if you have some serious life issues happening because of your anxiety. Who I'm talking to are most of the people listening to this podcast who are already functioning adults, people who have jobs, people who have kids, people that understand self-development work, the majority of the population who deals with some level of anxiety on a daily basis, but it's not overwhelming your life. This podcast is for you. And it'll include people that get anxious about being single or being in a relationship or money, career path, religion, parenting, sex life, life purpose, this is for you. You're who I'm talking to. So first, I want to lay out some of the framework for how we're going to talk about this so that it makes more sense. So on one side, we have the logical side of anxiety, and you examine your life experience, you connect the dots, you make changes, you set goals, you're held accountable by someone or your support system, you look at conditioned patterns and beliefs, and you really look to go out into the world and do things differently. And this helps to some degree. The more that we're able to step into things that scare us and experience success in our life, that can help with anxiety. And everyone understands this part, this framework to some degree. When people come to see me for life coaching, this is all they know. They just need someone to help them do this. And although I'm totally stoked and I've been trained in how to help people with the more logical side of this, I do not think that it is the full picture. And that's what I want to talk about today. And it's really important to weave in this emotional piece because that's really what we're going for. Because despite what's happening on the outside and the external world, we can still experience anxiety and we want to learn how to work 
with that animal. And part of this logical side is people assume that the better that you get at life, the less you will experience anxiety. But it's simply not true. Do you know anyone in your life, successful people, that don't experience anxiety on some level? They can be rich, they can be famous, they can be confident, they can be successful business owners, maybe they're your parents, they have a lot of life experience. Everyone experiences anxiety on some level. I recently read an article about a woman who's who doesn't experience pain or anxiety and there's some weird neurological abnormality that they're trying to like sort out, but it's so rare that it's national news if someone doesn't experience anxiety. And it's also important to know what anxiety is. So anxiety is a fear of a future threat. And that either comes from past experiences or conditioned fear. So maybe your partner left you or cheated on you and you're afraid that your current partner is going to do this. So you project that onto them, creates anxiety. Or you've always been told that the other sex is not fully trustworthy or that you got to do everything on your own to get anything done. Those thoughts will produce anxiety for sure. But this other framework that I want to bring into your awareness is our ability to grow our emotional capacity. And this can be developed and worked out just like a muscle. But we're not taught this in school. We're not even taught this in our adult life, really. I think this is a very new way of thinking. And I'm not talking about this pseudo-scientific, hyper-spiritual, like if you just realize you're part of everything, everything all your anxiety will disappear and you will have no self. No, no, no. I mean, some of that's really interesting to me, the philosophy of it, the philosophy of it, but this is something that you can actually start doing today. This is something that I experiment with on a daily basis and I see it working in my life. And Jenny does the same thing. And I work with a group of people, I work with clients doing these exercises and I see it working in their lives. And I have teachers who've taught me ways to work with anxiety, and they've used some of these techniques with their clients. So we're talking about hundreds, if not thousands of people that have experienced some kind of relief from anxiety by looking at it in this framework. So first thing is, there's nothing wrong with not having a huge emotional capacity. In fact, even from a developmental standpoint, when we start to dig into our childhood and why we are the way we are, we often realize that we've been running from feelings for a long time. We feel them. We kind of just feel them as anxiety, or if it's too much, we just kind of feel numb. But this experience of getting on this roller coaster of emotion where we're not really in control and we're getting irritated with our partner, irritated with our kids, or worried about money all the time, or just unable to fix our relationship or our sex life, this very normal and somewhat benign anxiety that plagues a lot of us really can be worked with. But it's not at all in the way that a lot of us think it needs to be worked with. When people come to me, they're often like, I feel anxiety, I don't want to feel anxiety, what do I do? And the thing about looking at emotional capacity as a muscle that needs to be developed and worked out is that it wouldn't make any sense to just avoid working out one muscle group or many muscle groups 
so that we don't feel sore, we'd actually have to work out the muscle groups for a while and feel sore and come out on the other side of it to start experiencing strength and to experience growth. So what I'm talking about is really setting intentional time to feel our anxiety on a daily basis. The meditative practice of welcoming it in and sitting with it, second by second and minute by minute, experiencing it without judgment, without label. And it's much the same for a lot of us. It's tightness in the chest, tightness in the gut, usually in the torso, a faster heartbeat, maybe sweaty palms, maybe tense shoulders. And a lot of the thoughts are the same. This isn't going to work out. I'm going to be alone. I don't know what to do. I mean, after working with hundreds of people over the years, I hear the same fears come up. And they're the same ones I have too. I mean, there's little tweaks here and there, but they're pretty much the same. And how we experience anxiety is often very similar too. And what you're going to realize if you jump into this practice is that as we move the spotlight of attention onto these bodily sensations and the stories, they really lose a lot of their power. And it's not always instant. In my experience, it can take a few minutes, and it doesn't always work right away. When I first started doing this, I'm, I've, as you, most of you know, I've been meditating every day for a few years now, and that's been really helpful. And there are different ways to meditate. There isn't just one way, and it depends on what you're really trying to work on. But every single day, I've been sitting with my anxiety. Always in the morning, many times during the day. Sometimes it's a couple seconds here and there from in the grocery store. I'm, I'm in the car. Maybe me and Jenny have something come up and I need to sit with it. But either way, I notice that it starts to dissolve. And the minute that I notice that it's starting to dissolve, it starts to lose its power. And I can step back a little bit, a baby step, and further and further. Until a lot of times it becomes even comical and funny that this bodily experience and this array of thoughts that really don't make a ton of sense when I say them out loud or or if I put them on paper, that this is controlling so much of my life and my life experience. And to get rid of this fantasy that one day I just won't feel anxious. Because that's the fantasy that's driving a lot of this personal work. Like when personal work starts to feel overwhelming and so hard and it's not fun anymore, a lot of times it's because I'm holding on to this fantasy that everything's going to be perfect one day if I just keep working harder. And as I even welcome that in, that it's not going to be perfect ever, I'm going to experience loss and pain in my life and anxiety. Even that dissolves some of this experience that I spend so much time running away from. And this might be completely new to some people. You may have spent 30, 40, 50, 60 years not feeling your feelings. Or at least the the more uncomfortable ones. Everyone likes to feel the positive emotions. I think, it seems like. Some, I mean, of course, sometimes people feel like they're not worthy and so the anxiety creeps in there. But for the most part, we like the good ones and we disown the uncomfortable ones. But in doing so, we deaden both. Feeling is feeling. 
we can't have dark without the light. The more that we can experience our uncomfortable emotions and really open up, the more we're connected with life, what's really happening. Because that's the reality. If anxiety is really happening, we're either really feeling it or we're really not. And we're running away or distracting. And it's not actually as scary as our society trains us to believe that it is. I mean, I see it all the time now. Me and Jenny gave a talk the other day, and and it was on how to deal with family members that are experiencing anxiety. And everyone wanted to know, like, how do you just make it go away for them? I see it plastered across the news. We live in an ADD culture. Everyone's anxious. And sure, there's a lot that we have to work on. But whoever said that feeling anxious about life is a bad thing, like we need to run away from it? It's the reality. We can all die. People around us can die. We can get sick. We can get injured. We can experience catastrophic loss. The economy can go down. We can lose our money, our possessions. I mean, things can go wrong on a daily basis, and they will. So it makes sense that we feel anxious a lot of times. And the paradox is the more that we grow our emotional capacity to be with our anxiety, the less it has control over us. But we have to lean into it and train ourselves to be with it. And coaches and therapists can be really helpful for this, but they're not necessarily needed. You can do this right now. You can turn off this podcast or when you get done listening and just sit for five minutes and welcome in the anxiety. Give yourself permission to feel whatever you're feeling and just see what comes up. When we realize that these really uncomfortable emotions, and I'm really gift wrapping them as anxiety, but there's there's many in there, right? Like I'm, I'm saying anxiety is the emotions that we don't want to feel. And that's usually the word that our culture uses and we use. But when we really sit with it, we realize it's not going to kill us. Yeah, I can sit with this when it comes up. And if you know going into any situation that you can handle whatever feelings are going to come up, you begin to feel more free, more alive, more connected with life. You don't have to shut off and compartmentalize parts of your life that you don't like, feelings you don't like to feel in order to get by. And we have this very black and white, good, bad framework that we're taught to see the world through. And the more we sit with really what is, what is really true, when things make more sense, we realize that life is very paradoxical. There's a lot of gray area, if not all gray. It's complex. But really being in your genuine moment-to-moment experience is simple. It's simpler than simple. It, it isn't anything. We don't really have to try to be with what's happening. It will come to us. In the beginning, if you're meditating or you're really trying to, if you're trying this exercise of sitting and welcoming in your anxiety, there are a few different ways we can do that. It might seem like it's taking work to focus the attention, but it's really not. It's not learning how to do this. It's unlearning how to distract ourselves. It is the path of least resistance. It is a non-effort. And if it feels hard at first and you're like, what is going on? I don't know. I promise you that you can come out on the other side of this with it making more sense. Again, I think just about everyone that's listening to this podcast has some idea of what self-development work 
looks like or what meditation looks like, what therapy looks like or feels like. So you can do this. And just like working out a muscle, it's going to feel a little sore. It's going to feel a little hard when you develop a new muscle, a new capacity. And I think it's important to do this on a daily basis. And it doesn't mean that you got to get up every morning and set 30 minutes aside to meditate. You can do this throughout the day. If you forget a couple days, do it the next day. It is the process of returning back over and over. That is the practice of meditation. I think that's the practice of presence, of life, is returning back when we veer over and over. So, and even though I think there's a ton of value in really figuring out how your attachment style and your childhood and your relationships and your biology affects how you are and who you are today. This is something that needs to be woven in and experienced and can be done right this very second. And it will help your experience of anxiety. So I hope this makes some sense. If you have any questions about this, I want to open up my line. I don't think I'm going to do this forever. I might regret this down the road. I mean, we're coming up on 5,000 podcast listens, so I don't know how many people out there may end up reaching out down the road right now feels okay to open my email line up for questions, but you can email me at bryce at advancedrelationshipacademy.com. I'd love to see if I can answer some of your questions If you have them, if you disagree, I can do another podcast. Right now, I see this as as just scratching the surface of how to deal with anxiety on a more fruitional level, more of a Buddhist perspective, but I think it's enough to get you going. So if you're a fairly normal person out there who's dealing with fairly normal things and you're experiencing anxiety, that's normal and there are ways to work with it. Setting aside five to ten minutes to welcome in the anxiety when it comes is going to go super far in your ability to be with yourself, your emotions, to be with people in your life, and to be with their emotions. Because when we're irritable, angry, agitated about someone else's feelings, it's because we are having trouble feeling our own, and that's that reflection, We don't like that someone's sad. We're going to get kind of like a little uncomfortable, maybe irritated at their sadness, if they're getting emotional. If someone's irritable and we're getting irritable because they're irritable, that's a pretty common one. It's because we're unable to sit with their anxiety. We can't watch someone in their anxiety. It feels uncomfortable for us. We're seeing that reflection. This is true 100% of the time. And even if you still get irritable, there's nothing wrong with that. Emotions are really a signpost pointing to something we need to experience or rediscover in ourselves. Simple as that. So, hope you guys enjoy this. Hope you got something out of it. You can reach out to me or Jenny via email if you have questions, if you want to hear us talk about a topic. And we have some really awesome couples coming online in the next few months. So, look forward to jumping on next time. See you guys.